What the Actual Fork podcast is co-hosted by two intuitive eating registered dietitians, yours truly, Sammy Previtt, owner of Fine Food Freedom, and Jenna Warner, owner of Happy Strong Healthy. We can't stand diet culture bullshit and love keeping it real. Our mission is for all humans to believe that they are made for so much more than chasing a smaller body. We are also here to share with you that food can be fun and pleasurable again. Although we are medical professionals, we are human beings too. We are not afraid to share our deepest, darkest secrets and how many years of our lives were taken by diet culture. We started this podcast so no human has to feel alone in their journey towards food freedom. So get comfy and join us for a casual combo where you can expect to laugh, cry, learn, and grow. We are so grateful that you're here. So if you enjoy this podcast and want to connect further, we invite you to follow along on Instagram at what the actual fork pod and subscribe, rate and review our podcast so we can continue to share this message with more and more people. Now let's get into it. Welcome back to another episode of what the actual fork podcast. Hi, Jenna. How are you? I'm just so happy to be here. I feel like you and I haven't recorded like I know together in weeks. It feels like because you were on vacay wild. and I was on vacay. Yes, and summer, so that's why we're light and airy today. That's it. And summer just goes by so fast, and I feel like it's like real. It must be like insanely hot by you, but it's like getting to be like muggy, but different weather here on the East Coast. Um, and it just feels just different in the air. Well, we were in Maine, um, right. yes, Portland yes, yes. and Bar Harbor. And it was like, it was 66 and like breezy. And then we came home <laughs> and my mom had been gone all day with my grandma and we came home and our air conditioner broke. So it was no. nine and we slept in a 90 degree home. No. Was that, I don't even remember when, like last night, two nights ago. And I was just like, welcome fucking back to Florida. <laughs> like this sucks. Like get me out of here. I don't know um, how you do it. I, I don't think I said this on a podcast episode because we haven't recorded since I was away, but like I, we left cups out in Florida and they melted. <laughs> like, yes. they literally yes. melted. Like, I don't is, get it. <laughs> we've had like a little reprieve these past two days and it's kind of cloudy and we get like the Florida, like the Florida summer storms. So like that helps bring the heat down a little bit, but whew, it's been crazy. Um, so you tell me, do you have a, what the actual fork moment? Do you want me to go first? I you? feel like the only, what the actual fork moments that I have right now is like my TikTok algorithm is like really showing me some good shit right now. Um, just, and when I say that, I mean it very sarcastically of just like the realities of, I think, who is it that said this? I think it was Andy. Andy does healthy posted mm-hmm. something where she said the barriers to entry of social media, of social media experts, quote unquote, is so fucking low that anybody can be an expert online if they talk confidently and if they share an opinion or whatever else. And like, it comes across as fact. And I think, you know, the perfect example, there's a video I posted yesterday. I stitched this man. And that I was going to be mine. Cause oh you my, showed me. Like, <laughs> I Delina, feel, Delina just posted it too. Like, and I feel bad. Like maybe he really thought like this was correct, but like you can't post an experiment that you did and tell people that their stomach is the same as a Ziploc bag. Tell, you just can't tell, do that. Tell, <laughs> tell the people what was, what was the video? Just very briefly. So this man left watermelon in a plastic bag in probably Florida in a hot car for a day. And he came back to the bag and the bag I'm watching it right now has expanded. And he is saying, this is why your stomach gets bloated because in your stomach, the fruit ferments, it overheats and essentially just sits there and just bloats you like yes, it's when it's watermelon it. sitting in our stomach for over 48 hours like, nothing about it is fact but he's talking and he's confident and he's saying these things and he's using words I think like gut motility and like really bio microbiome and like science phrases like my pal Paul Saladino carnivore MD loves to do that Flave City loves to do that like it's a formula now like you say science words you talk confidently you use the word experiment and now people that video his original video has like a million views like it goes viral so and 
I just can't help but think clearly I had a what the actual work moment, but I, I just can't help but think that like people that watch that and are impacted by that are not going to eat watermelon anymore. Right. And I think it was bio lane who, you know, listen, I don't agree with everything he posts, but I do think when he does share certain things, he does have the right science to back it up. And he posted something the other day saying how an eating disorder clinic reached out to him, thanking him for putting facts behind, um, a video that Carnivore MD shared saying that oatmeal is really bad for everyone, saying that a woman in their treatment facility who was very, very sick just started eating oatmeal. Then she saw Paul Saladino's video saying that oatmeal has glycophate in it or whatever else he said about it. And she refused food for three days. She's a very sick person. And then that person showed this girl bio lanes video talking about the science, showing the facts, like blah, 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 talking about how oatmeal is health promoting and all of these things and essentially saved this woman's life because then she started eating it again. Like it's, we don't realize like how powerful some of these quote unquote influencers can be in a very harmful way. And it's just, it's just wild. Your turn. next well it's funny because i i my what the actual fork moment was going to be your video because i i don't know i haven't been on tiktok obviously i was just on vacation so i was really removed from my phone for and it was so wonderful and i'm questioning why (laughs) i ever pick up my phone um so i feel like i'm fresh out but i feel like i can always count on you to just do some deep diving on tiktok and i saw that video and i was like You've got to be shitting me. I didn't even watch though. I didn't watch the full thing. I just watched your stitch. So I got, you know, the you general the vibe <laughs> of what this person was saying. Um, but like, what the actual fuck? Come on. So wild. Come on. But that's where I like, and I don't know if it's, if this is like wrong of me, but when I see that, I'm like, People can't actually believe that, right? And I don't know if that's just because we have our dietitian hats on and right and our intuitive eating hats on or whatever, counselor hats on. But I, I see that and I laugh and I almost forget that it's triggering to people because to us, it's like, how could you not see that, you know? And it's I think that sometimes fuck. people want to believe it right so it's like they see it true they want to you want a reason not to eat fruit right because you do probably because you have a fucked up relationship with food you think carbs and fruit are bad yeah Mm -hmm. so it's like oh see fruit is bad see it's just sitting in my stomach for days (laughs) i can't i think he also said it turns into alcohol like i Oh my God, are we all walking around drunk? And then he like threw off like it's non-alcoholic fatty liver disease. And I'm like, no, it's not. Like, what the- like it's actually not. I can't. <laughs> like, so, so- but, and it can be confusing because they're putting out like all of these things. I don't know. It's just it's getting pretty wild out there. Um, so like I like to end most videos these days is just stay safe, everyone. <laughs> stay <laughs> safe. It is wild. And speaking of wild and and safety, safety, (laughs) what a great bridge to today's episode that we did with the amazing Sarah Adams, also known as Mom Uncharted on, or is it Mom.Uncharted? Mom.Uncharted. And wait, before you read her bio, like, didn't it feel like when we were talking to her today, like we were like, every time she talks on social media, it's like you're on FaceTime with her. Like that's the quality of her content and why I get sucked into every single video. I just, I love her. But like, I think that's how I found her. Cause I'm like, is she talking to me? (laughs) That's what it's all about though. Right. It's just showing up as your authentic self and, and what you believe in. And so Sarah has absolutely had a huge impact on how you show up online and Mm -hmm. show your child slash children future unborn children. Um, Same for me. Like I remember you shared Sarah's account with me and then I've never thought the same. I've shared it with my friends. It's been like a complete game changer. So let's get into Sarah's bio that she sent us. She sent it from her perspective. So I'm going to pretend to be Sarah when I read it. Right. So hi, I'm Sarah. I've been exploring (laughs) the state of parental public oversharing child exploitation and minor safety on social media since the summer of 2021. Since then, I have grown a large and supportive community of like-minded adults who feel the 
way parents are sharing the children online is concerning and that the platforms, governments, and brands need to step up to protect a whole generation of children from growing up in the public eye without their knowledge or informed consent. Do you want to take it from here, Jenna? Using children and their real lives as entertainment for strangers on the internet has somehow become normal, and I would like us all to consider a new normal, one that prioritizes the child's right to privacy, informed consent, critical thinking, and safety online over a parent's desire for online fame. Such a good quote. My goal has always been to pose questions, offer a different perspective, and provide information as it relates to these topics, encouraging parents to reflect on their own sharing choices and accounts they are consuming that are using kids as content. She's also a ma- she's also a mom. She is married and a mom of two, both under the age of five, and she loves to travel. Um, I found Sarah probably around 2021, if not maybe like 2022-ish, whenever she really joined TikTok. And I've been following her since she was a, a little account that has legitimately exploded. And I send everybody to her page because I just she's the first person that opened my eyes to it and changed the way that I was showing my child's face, like thinking it was innocent, knowing I have a decently large following um, or a following at all. And knowing that I have no control over what happens after a picture is posted is terrifying. So that it's made a huge impact for me in my life. And I'm just so appreciative. Okay. So last night, I literally had to change beds because I didn't have my cozy earth sheets. And I'm not (laughs) kidding. Like, so my husband is sick. He has a man cold. I was like, sure, honey, you've already mucked up this bed with your sickness. I will go to the guest room. I went to the guest room. That room does not have cozy earth sheets, which I've talked about on other podcasts. And I literally spent an hour trying to sleep. There were other reasons why I couldn't sleep, but the sheets were just not cutting it. So I said, screw it. I'm going back to the bed. I will risk getting sick because I want my cozy earth sheets. True story. It's the most relatable story I think I've ever heard you tell on this podcast. And you guys already know, I fully agree with her. So if you are not on board the cozy earth train yet, here is your opportunity because cozy earth has provided us with an exclusive offer for all of our listeners today, 35% off site wide when you use code fork at checkout. So hop on and join us. Before we go into this episode, I do have to ask you one last question. Oh, gosh. Are you team Jeremiah or Conrad? Oh, my god! I don't think I've asked you this. And the final episode, I think, comes out tonight. And, like, I need to know. Okay. Okay. I have, like, a longer answer than one word. When it was season one, I was team Conrad through and through. Like, never thought. So far, we're on the same page. (laughs) And then season two hit. And they just did such a great job of sharing all of season one through Jeremiah's perspective because we never got to hear it through his eyes, his beautiful (laughs) eyes. And I think I'm team Jeremiah now. I can't believe we agree on this. I have the chills. This is so good for us. (laughs) (laughs) I literally posted that I was team Jeremiah and the amount of people that DM'd me saying I was crazy, I was like, unfollow me. Okay, well, here's the thing. Here's the thing if we really are going to unpack this. And I was talking because my mom just left and we watched it. We were were all caught up. Like, Belly is in love with Conrad and will be forever. forever. Like that's never going to change. And that's where like, and I know, and I don't know how season three ends. My mom knows the ending because she read the books. They were books. Oh, yes. yes. My cousin did too. That's why she hasn't responded to me. Okay. That's a good point. But I know that in my heart, like, you know, that Belly loves Conrad and there's like nothing she could ever do to change that. Yeah. But even before he was her first, like she was just obsessed with him. But Jeremiah is like the steady, reliable, like, you know, they, they're they the brothers that, that like they both give her such different things that it's easy to love both of them. Like because- also she can't marry either one of them. Like if she ends up with Jeremiah, then she's always going to be like, I slept with your brother. <laughs> like, I can't and, happen, then, like, and like, <laughs> I'm absolutely in love with him to my core, <laughs> but yeah. So no, it's, but I was definitely like 100%. If you would have asked me this at the end of the season one, I was team Conrad. Totally. Like, I was so like happy that 
they like kind of connected. I don't remember exactly that last episode, but yeah, I, the, this show is just so good. It makes me you excited sent to have me two this. Boys. You, yes, <laughs> you sent me this show. It was during like my new weeks postpartum. I was yes. like, send me something to watch. Like, I need help. I'm going insane. And you sent me this, and I binge watched, I think, like the whole thing in one day. I don't think I got, I just breastfed for like eight hours, sat on the you. couch. <laughs> And, I totally remember that. And watched it. <laughs> and absolutely. And then I think I told you for season two, I was like, you should be excited to have two boys. You're just like, yes. you know, their mom, except like, you're not going to die of cancer. Please We're not God. putting that out in the universe. <laughs> Please God. That out. But the boys with her were so cute. I know. And like the way that they're like, they bond, like gets me very excited. Uh, I mean, they, they're terrible to each other, but like at the same time, I feel like, they have like a very sweet understanding. Um, and-, and speaking of two boys, I also told you to watch The Incredibles, which or not The Incredibles. Shit, I'm getting them Boss all mixed baby. up. Boss <laughs> baby, which you need to watch. It is just trust me. Watch the movie, not just the trailer. It is so freaking cute. Well, I need to watch something else because, especially after this episode today, you know, I cannot support these family bloggers. No. anymore well Noah and like it's weird how much he likes them um but anyways I don't want to okay. keep you guys from this so, episode any longer but please feel free to comment which team you are if you are a fan of the summer I turned pretty yes um, and as we get in today's episode I accidentally deleted my note on our notes but I loved how Sarah called people mm. into this conversation without guilt without shame we no, there is no guidebook, like she said, on how to do this. Our age of parenting, we weren't on the internet because that wasn't like our parents didn't have that. So we're all doing the best we can with the resources we have. Just so like we food. hope that's right. And exactly. Just <laughs> so like it does food. have a crossover. Yes. <laughs> so I hope that today's episode with Sarah can be a resource for people to do exactly what she said. Just question things, offer a different perspective and it's just like what you say all the time to get curious to get curious about what we're doing why we're doing it what's what are our intentions behind why we're doing it all of the things we talk about with diet culture really do parallel into today's niche if you will so with that being said let's get into it I didn't wear mascara on purpose today because I felt like I could potentially cry during this episode out of excitement, but then also the content itself is going to be a little emotionally charged today for really good reasons, and I am so freaking excited to have Sarah Adams here with us today, also known as Mom.Uncharted on social media. Sarah, you have personally changed my life. I talk to my husband about you pretty much daily because he has not fully understood the concept yet of what you share. Um, But he watches your content now too. And we are so excited to welcome you on the podcast today. Oh, well, thanks you too. It's it's truly an honor. Um, I love talking about this and I love just hearing that um, my content, my opinion has had effect on others. Um, That makes my heart feel good because that's really what it's about. Just having these conversations so we can all reflect on the way we are sharing our children online as well as the content that we are consuming. And I know when you um, first responded to our request, you're like, I don't know if our content like overlaps (laughs) at all, but like more recently it has, which is wild. And we'll talk Mm -hmm. about that today because actually I sent one of your TikTok videos to the New York Post this week because they asked me specifically about it. Um, You're my go-to because sometimes I send you videos and I'm like, have you seen this? Like if I'm uncomfortable, then you're going to be really uncomfortable. (laughs) So before we get into all of this good stuff, we love to start out every episode by asking our guests what their what the actual fork moment of the week, the month, the year, their lifetime has been. And it doesn't have to relate to your niche, but I feel like you probably have plenty of content to share within there. If there's anything that has stood out in your mind specifically about, you know, what it is that you come across on the internet that literally stopped you in your tracks. I feel like every day you probably have like 70 million of these. So yeah, I get, I get tagged in a lot. I get tagged in a lot and sent a lot. Um, I think right now, honestly, it's a positive 
What is stopping me in my tracks is hearing from other people that my content has had an impact, that it has led to change, that I'm being offered um, to share my thoughts and opinions on larger platforms, and that I see large influencers making change in the way in which they share their kids. Like, I'm by no means trying to take all the credit or anything like that. There's a lot of people who are having these conversations and advocating for the rights of children and their privacy. But to see this shift, it honestly gives me goosebumps. There has been a shift and I feel it and I see it. And that is probably, you know, a really nice fork in the road. We're going in the right direction. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset, hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. I love how you twisted that into a positive. That is so amazing and also says so much about you. And Sam, I will pass the mic over to you in a second. I promise. But I did see recently, which like adds on to what you just shared that I think it was it Illinois or one of them that just passed a law protecting kids from online work, essentially, which is amazing. So the Illinois, um, sadly, it didn't pass in Washington state where it was first introduced, but they kept fighting. They brought it to Illinois and it was passed uh, this week, last week. And um, it protects the income that the children of family bloggers and influencers um, are making for their families, right? Because without them, you're not getting the income. You're not generating all this profit. So it's a great first step and there's a lot of rules and how are they going to monitor this like it comes with a lot of questions so I'm very cautiously optimistic but it's a great first step that is amazing and so obviously we want our listeners if if they've never been exposed to you we need to share a little bit of who you are and and what you do but I wanted to give a little excerpt first of how you made an impact on on my life. Well, first of all, Jenna sent your account to me probably years ago. Jenna, was it when you were probably Jenna, first? Jenna's an OG. She's an OG. She's probably an when OG. she was pregnant with Noah, maybe even. I would um, watch and be like, are you following this woman? Like, yes, do you yes, see this? <laughs> yes. So I came back from a vacation with some friends and you know, we didn't even discuss like how pictures were going to go up mm-hmm. of, you know, after the trip. And a, basically a picture was posted of my daughter in the bathtub. Mm-hmm. And now this was coming from a mom who just doesn't come online much, do- okay. doesn't even like have a social media following. Yeah. But it gave me the opportunity to share your account and obviously ask for the picture to be taken down and here's why and and all of these things. So you're making a huge impact. And I can only imagine like that's one little example, but how other like those little ripples make huge waves. So for people, yes. So for people listening, I would love for you to explain who you are, what your account is all about and how you got into this too. I would love to hear how you got into this, this passion. Yeah, of course. So, um, I'm like a regular, everyday mom, stay-at-home mom. I have uh, two children, both under the age of five. I live on the West Coast of Canada. I'm married. I'm like a pretty average mom, taking them to activities and doing all the stuff, fretting over what they're going to eat for lunch, those lunches, packing the lunches every day. But um, I, yeah, so I'm just kind of regular, and I had thoughts and opinions. And I think it's important to note that I was one of the individuals who followed these accounts at some time, not the family vlogger, YouTube stuff. That was always way not interesting to me, but the Instagram mums 
I followed because when I became a mom in 2017, I kind of naturally fell into following moms online, right? What, how do I do this? I've never done this. Like I want the information. I want to know what stuff to buy, um, finding a sense of community support, even though I was just a silent follower, I never was active or anything. I was just scrolling, um, hitting the link, buying that kind of stuff and didn't really think much of it. And it wasn't until 2020 and I had my baby during the first week of lockdown and we were all at home and we were all going online more and we were all naturally sharing more that I started to feel very uncomfortable with the amount of information, the amount of images parents were sharing, the amount of time they were like spending throughout their day doing their stories and stuff like that. It all just felt too much. Like I shouldn't know what these kids had for breakfast, what they're wearing to school, their recent medical diagnoses, that they're struggling with constipation. Like I I shouldn't see them having temper tantrums and meltdowns. And it all just like one day just hit me that I was like, hold up, hold up. I'm a stranger watching other people's kids as a form of entertainment. And I know literally what feels like everything about these kids. And I'm just a stranger. And it was at that moment that I was like, this is weird. I got to click unfollow. This is very uncomfortable. And I talked to my friends. I talked to my husband and they were like, yeah, totally. Like now that you say it, yeah, this is getting a little weird. Like I can't believe they shared that image or they told strangers that online. And the more I was having these conversations, the more my specifically husband was saying, you got to talk to someone else about this. You got like, it's great. You seem very interested, but like, I'm not on social media. I'm not interested. You got to take this elsewhere, which I appreciate. And one day I downloaded the TikTok app and I kind of played around pandemic life, West Coast life, doing trends, learning how it all works, because I'd never really been active on social media. Um, And whenever I talked about the issue of sharenting or child exploitation, it seemed like people were pretty interested in it. So I thought, well, that's what I want to talk about. So I'll just kind of niche myself into that world and see what happens. And when I first started, I was pretty polarizing. Um, I wouldn't say I was that's like, how it gen- usually starts, yeah. right? Because, and uh, I think it's because you were first exposed to all of it, and then you feel like you're looking around, like, does anybody not realize how like wrong this is, right, or how scary this is? That's how Jenna and I were when we first came over into our like anti diet land. You just want to yeah. scream it from the rooftops. But then you realize to make that impact, it's being able to call people in. And I think so many of your followers, like myself, probably used to be the person sharing their child thinking like, this is normal. This is what we do. And now it's like, oh, wait, there's so much danger involved here. And I used to think that too, right? Like I used to think it's normal. Granted, I didn't really share. Like I did like a little announcement with my child's feet. And I do remember feeling like, well, I got to post something. Like I got to post a picture. This is what you do. You have a baby, you post something, they're cute. You share it. Like this is what you do. And I posted probably three or four photos in the first like six months of their life. And I did it because like, it felt like that's what you do. Like you had to, you know, and and, like, Mm -hmm. no one was telling me I had to, but I think that is one of these feelings is we're seeing everybody share so much that we're like, well, we got to do that, right? We want to be like normal and share as well. But it never felt right to me. You know, privacy, my husband has really taught me the importance of privacy over all these years. Um, And I get it so much more now. And so when I came on talking about uh, kids and sharing, it initially came from a privacy and consent uh, framework, right? And yeah, of course, the safety element, but I was always really passionate about privacy and consent. And then as I was in this world learning and uncovering, I recognized that just how unsafe all this is as well. So I wanted to tell other people because I thought maybe they didn't know because I didn't know. So if I didn't know, you might not know. So I should make a TikTok and tell you about it because this is really freaky. And Sarah, your TikTok has exploded. Like I'm looking at it right now. 
every single one of your videos goes viral. And that just shows really why this topic is so important and it's so important to blast it over like all the niches because there's so many things that I think are done innocently. And I know you've brought that up in many of your more recent posts too, that like turns into not innocent things. And I have two things I wanted to add. One, the Mark Zuckerbrot post is everything. Like he's the owner of the largest platform of social media and he won't post his children's faces. Like that's number one. And number two, I heard a story recently from somebody and I know when you bring up safety, like this is what I think about. So, you know, back in the day, people used to post like where their kids go to school or like Mm -hmm. so-and-so's first day and she's in this classroom and whatever, like not think anything of it. And I heard a story recently and I actually referred this mom to your page because she said, you know, she has a little bit of a larger platform, you know, she's an influencer of sorts. Um, and she said somebody went up to her kid at school camp pickup or drop off and was like, you're Noel. I don't know why that's the first name that came to yeah. my mind. You know, I, I know you from the internet or like whatever it is. And she was like, I've never seen this person before in my life. Like the fact that they knew my kid's name. Mm-hmm. And if I wasn't there, like that kid, the camp counselor may have like allowed my daughter to go with this man, like is terrifying. So like, this is beyond just like, like safety online, like it's safety outside of the internet bubble too. Well, I think it's important. And what I recognize in talking about these issues is we've always looked at it kind of as like a physical world thing and like an online world thing. Now we are so immersed in the online world that it's coming into our physical world and it's all kind of meshed together. Like this is just our world right now. We live, our physical world is in a digital world. So It is scary. And I have heard so many stories and a lot of influencers refer to those moments when they decided to take their kids offline, when people in the grocery store would walk up, try and like hug their kids or talk about like, you know, what they were doing on the weekend. And it's a scary thought that a stranger could have so much information about your child, know their routine so well that they could make that child feel as though they are a safe person when they are not. That's a very scary thought. Yes. I'm so many influencers are coming to mind that I'm thinking of. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Um, but I would love, you said the word sharenting earlier. So could yeah. you explain for our listeners, what is sharenting? So sharenting is the general concept of, you know, it's sharing and parenting. Boom. <laughs> and um, the concept of just, sharing your life online, information about your children, um, videos and images, oversharing on social media, essentially. And with that, so I think something I, I have explained to my husband. So my husband had a public account and he has now made it private. Nice. But like, does that actually matter? When it comes to sharing photos of our kids, because I have a private account too, that I actually went through like a private Instagram that I went through and I actually removed any follower who I didn't actually know who they were. Like I spent hours on this one day because I was really freaked out. Like literally weeks I did this. I was like, who the fuck is this? (laughs) Like removing all of them, right? But does that actually do anything? Because like my brain, what you just said before is like, so real. It's like, oh, this was so cute. And like, I love my kid and I want other people to see this. And it's like, it's innocent, but like, is it? 
Okay. So it's, <laughs> it's, it's a lot. And I'll say a few things about it. Um, it's one of the most uh, popular questions that I get. I personally choose not to share privately or publicly. Those in my life who I love and trust, I will send you a picture via email, via text, um, if you need to see my kids. Uh, and that's fine. I don't have people knocking at the door begging to see my kids, even their grandparents. And they have lots of grandparents. They're, they're, they're fine. They're, ha- they're happy, right? Nothing on the internet is private. Everything is permanent. Having a private account with a curated list of people you know and trust is a safer option. But is it 100% safe? No, it's not. And also on a private account, that doesn't mean you can still breach the trust of your child and their right to privacy either, right? Like sometimes I worry that people are like, oh, well, it's a private account. So I'll just share their potty training journey with everybody in my life who I like know. Um, To me, that's a breach of their privacy. So the private accounts are hard, but it is a safer option if people do want to share occasional images, uh, milestones in their children's life. That that's super helpful. And that makes sense. And I'm sure there's so much nuance to like every question and every, every situation. But if we go back to sharenting and people who really lean into it, what is the wildest family YouTube scenario you've ever come across? Is there like, and you don't have to obviously give names, but is there just anything that you've seen lately or just in your entire time that you really have dug into this that is just blew your mind or a case that sticks out to you? Yeah, so there's a few things. Um, I find it very concerning the amount of people who are sharing their children covered in feces online, um, whether that is having an accident, um, finding their toddler in their crib with uh, feces smeared um, in car seats with feces, the amount of parents who feel comfortable uh, sharing their most precious gift covered in poop with the world is really shocking to me. Um, I've been tagged in like not a couple of these, like a lot of these. And this is just wild. It is a complete, the amount of parents who can't even treat their own kids with dignity and respect is wild to me. If we're looking at family vloggers, I would say the most horrendous story would probably be the um, Michelle Hobson story. Uh, She had a popular YouTube channel, Family Adventures, if I remember correctly. And she had adopted seven children, if I remember correctly. And they did family channel skits, pranks kind of stuff. And it was found that she was severely uh, abusing them behind the scenes. And her, you know, half a million followers online didn't see that. And she was subsequently arrested for it. And the children were rehomed and she died before she went on trial. But that was a story. There was a family vlogging family that was severely abusing their children behind the scenes. And on the outside, it just looked like, you know, fun family content. I so watched that's, that's that YouTube, hard. or not, I'm sorry, not the YouTube, the Hulu special. The, the Hulu, age, yes, Age of Influence. The Age of Influence A special on that, that family. I was beside myself. Mm-hmm. I made my husband watch it. That was like part of my like, okay, you're, you need your account to be private. I was going to say, this sounds like I have some homework to, I'll be it, like, honey, sit down. We're watching a fun series tonight. I'll this woman, out. this woman would lock these children in a, a closet with a lock on the outside and not feed them for days if they didn't mm-hmm. perform properly. Yes. Like it is so terrifying, but all these kids see on the outside. And now I have a toddler who watches these YouTube shows. And that's all I think about now. Cause for whatever reason, kids like watching other kids play with toys. I don't get it, <laughs> but like he, it comes up on YouTube and like he'll watch it and I'll change it and you know, whatever else. But I can't help but think like how everything that you've said, 
how are these children actually being protected? So one of the pieces that we haven't discussed so far is like the difference between child stars, like on TV and in movies versus this camera life. Um, Can you explain like how that's different and like how these other children, it's not easy on them either, but like someone like Drew Barrymore, who grew up as a child actress, like she had some protection versus the Hobson family children. Yeah. They, the child actors work under the Coogan law. So they have some protections for their money and for their labor um the child stars of the internet they have nothing um these illinois kids have a little doesn't get enacted until july 1st 2024 but they'll have a little gives the parents a lot of time to move out of state though um but we can kind of look at child actors to kind of see how this might turn out but the differences and there are many is child actors are playing a role these children are just trying to live their life and their existence is being exploited. Their childhood is being commercialized and they as humans are being monetized. They are just trying to live within the safety of their own home, yet they receive no privacy, right? Like the celebrity actors and stuff, you know, they're getting caught out on, you know, the Rodeo Drive and paparazzi and stuff, but then they go home to the safety and comfort of their own home. These kids don't have that. Um, They are also kind of always in performance mode, right? Is that really how that kid acts or does that kid act like that because mom has the camera on them again, right? There's no protection for the money they are generating. There's no protection for their privacy, at all. And there's no protection for their labor. Because how often do we hear influencers say, this is work, this is hard work, like this is a real job. Well, now we have kids doing this real job, we need to we need to think about that, right? So there's a lot of difference between the two. But if you're doing case study, you could kind of see how this might turn out. And Alison Stoner right now, former child actor, um, is just starting a new podcast. I can't remember the name of it right now, but she uh, refers to it as the toddler to train wreck pipeline of child stars. Um, And that's going to expose a lot. And I feel like we will hear a lot of similarities probably between um, the experiences of child actors and what these child star family blogger influencer kids are dealing with. Wow. And I have a feeling you're going to be a guest on that podcast. I'm manifesting (laughs) that because I think you have a lot to share. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Um, so for our listeners who are listening to this today, chances are they have either children of their own, right? Or nieces or nephews or children in their life that are very important to them. And and maybe this is their first time hearing this message, yeah. right? Or maybe they've seen videos here and there. What tips do you have for parents that are like, oh my gosh, I've been sharing, maybe not the potty training and, you know, the very invasive yeah, yeah. things, but, but just, just sharing, sharing my kids. life. Yep. So how, how do they start to make sure that their child is safe and, and really keep that top of mind? Yeah, I think um, the biggest thing is go, go private, you have a better chance at keeping your kids and their images and their information safe on a private account. I also think that like, parents shouldn't feel guilty. These conversations haven't been happening for years. There's not really like guidebooks that we can go to and learn about, or we don't have any evidence to see how this all turns out. So 
I just don't think parents should be too hard on themselves. Uh, once you're brought into this conversation and you are learning, well, now you can adjust. That means, you know, going private, possibly looking through things you have shared and think, is this an appropriate photo? You know, is my child fully clothed? Are they in the bath? Um, would I hand this photo to a random stranger on the street? If you wouldn't do that, probably don't post it. Um, does this video or photo share too much information about my child? Was it a very uh, private experience for them or um, their medical information? Kind of go back and look at past posts. And I'm not saying you have to delete everything, but just kind of curate it to see if maybe you did go a little too far in what you were sharing online and move forward in a different direction. Um, and a lot of people have had success with occasionally sharing their kid. I've always said, like, I'm not against influencers who have made this their job, occasionally sharing a photo or a child being in a video. It is when the entire feed is based around kids, when the kids are content, when every everything is a kid. That's what I have a really big problem with. I recognize that it's 2023 and I don't think um, broaching this topic as a like all or nothing is the best way to approach it. But you can also share your children from behind, their faces covered with an emoji, um, their little hands from a distance. There is a way to share them that still uh, keeps them keeps them private relatively. I have learned so much from you, Sarah, and continue to. And I just, I really, your message is so powerful and I love to see the traction that you're getting. And <laughs> the last like point that I just want to bring up before we let you tell everybody where to find you um, and where to learn more is one of the things that I thought was like so powerful is how, if you've never gone viral, quote unquote, um, and all of a sudden you make this video or follow a trend. And I remember, I think it was the video with where parents were using like the sound and then the kid's phone was like their foot and it was ringing. And then all yeah, of a yeah. sudden there was like this widespread trend of like a day in the life as your baby and like talking for them. Like that yes. gave me like the icks. Um, yes. a lot, but these parents went viral and their accounts became previously about whatever it was and now all of a sudden all it's a day in the life of my my baby and like I feel like that should be like big red flags mm -hmm. um, and maybe yeah. it hasn't been before but I guess my final question to you would be like if we do see content like this like I know you get tagged in so much of it and I try not to be like the person that's like Sarah have you seen oh, tag, this yet? Tag, tag away, tag away. <laughs> is, is there anything else like we can do when we see stuff like that, that like gives you like that icky feeling like, oh, is this kid safe? Like, is there anything as like a, an individual consuming content? Like, should we report it? Or is it really more just like the awareness and, you know, bringing awareness to the topic? I think if you see things online that give you the ick or you feel that they are exploitative or abusive, you should always report in app. Uh, granted, we all know how those work. But you're doing something and if everybody does that, then something might happen. If you see something online that is very concerning, very exploitative, um, abusive, uh, you can contact the National Center for Missing and uh, Exploited Children and you can file a report via their cyber tip in the States because um, you feel like you're doing something. I think allowing me to come on your platform and bring this to another uh, corner of the you know podcast realm is great. And talking to friends and stop following these people, stop liking these people. If you see a photo of, you know, the foot baby thing, click not interested in app. Um, I think a lot of this comes down to volunteer voluntary societal norms. We have to change it. We all have to kind of group together as parents and say, 
you know what, this is, this is enough. It's not just my children that deserve privacy informed consent and digital safety. It's all children. So I'm going to keep having these conversations. I'm going to click not interested. I'm going to report when needed. I'm going to tell my friends, like, why are you following that influencer and all the reasons why it's exploitative and weird. Um, and I think that I, I can already feel it. Like it's gaining traction. And then when bills pop up, like they do in Illinois or in states you live, um, in countries, I'm up in Canada, you know, send an email, make a phone call, say this is important because I think protecting the money these kids are generating is important, but I would like to see more being done to protect the privacy and dignity of children online. Thank you so much. And just so everybody is clear, like the money in that episode, that Hulu episode that this woman was making for her or with her family back 15 years ago, I think it was, was like 10 years ago, I think. Yeah, probably like, probably like five, 10 years ago. Yeah was over one like hundreds of thousands per month so Mm -hmm. like where it is today you know that it's skyrocketed so like this is like real money like a lot of money and a lot of dignity and care that is at stake really so thank you for sharing all of that thanks for having me anything else you want to add Sam? No, I love, 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 love that last question that you just added, Jen. I thought that was a wonderful way to really pull together the episode. And if you could just share for our followers, I know we said it, we'll say it in the intro, but where can they find you, Sarah? Yeah, I'm um, across social media at this point. So I'm my main platform is on TikTok, mum.uncharted. Same name on Instagram, as well as YouTube. And um I am working on a podcast that will come out in the fall. So yeah, some really exciting things happening. Amazing. Thank you so much for being here today. Yeah. Thanks for having me, you two. It's been, it's been awesome. Thank you guys so much for listening to another episode of What the Actual Fork Pod. We know there are a lot of pods out there and we are so grateful that you are here listening with us. So if you enjoyed today's episode, please be sure to subscribe, like, share with all of your friends and faves, and don't forget to rate and review and let us know what you want to hear more of. The more we hear from you, the more that we can make these episodes exactly what you want. We would also love to connect with you on Instagram at what the actual fork pod. We promise to continue to bring you the hottest topics, greatest guests, and the most fun you can possibly have fighting diet culture bullshit. We love you, we appreciate you, and we will see you next week for more fun.